Good morning, Orlando. Good Thursday morning to you. Welcome aboard here at 6 o'clock as we give you our first check on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the Pulse shooting trial begins today and an emotional return for students at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And on gun legislation, is President Trump showing great leadership or great cluelessness? I wondered yesterday. We'll talk about it next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning at 6.02 on News Radio 1025. The only person charged in connection with the mass shooting at Orlando's Pulse nightclub is about to go on trial. Jury selection begins today in federal court in Orlando for Noor Salman, the widow of the uh, Pulse gunman. She's charged with obstructing justice and aiding and abetting the June 2016 attack by her husband that left 49 people dead and more than 50 others injured. If convicted, Salman could be sentenced to life in prison. And as we heard yesterday with our new legal expert, Jeff Kaufman, this trial is not going to be as easy as expected for the government to win. Looks like it should be a slam dunk guilty verdict, but uh, we got some great analysis on that from Attorney Kaufman, who will be with us on a regular basis as the trial unfolds. Uh, this news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Further south, the slow and sometimes painful return to normal is underway in Parkland. Students returned to class yesterday at Stoneman Douglas High School for the first time since the deadly shooting two weeks ago. Classes were only in session for half a day and will remain so for the rest of the week. As hard as it was to return, though, almost all of the students did so with the school reporting attendance of 95%. That's amazing to me, given it's the trauma unbelievable. of two weeks ago. Really? Yeah, they said they had like 175 fewer students than they would have on any other, quote, regular day. Yeah, that's I was remarkable. surprised by those numbers. Took some courage, I think. Yes, it did. To come there and some assurances that they were going to be well protected. And they, they certainly were. They had, they had law enforcement out armed to the hilt. Yes, they did, as well as a lot of other local schools showing their support and yeah. comfort mm-hmm. dogs. And in the meantime, those personally affected by gun violence believe they're stronger together in their push for new gun laws. Survivors of the Pulse nightclub shooting met outside the club yesterday with students and parents who survived the Broward County school shooting. The students say stronger gun restrictions after Pulse two years ago could have prevented what happened to them two weeks ago in Parkland. Mayor Buddy Dyer joined the groups and joined their call for an assault weapons ban. Also locally, US, uh, UCF police aren't amused by two men's idea of a joke. The school's main campus was briefly evacuated yesterday after two men interrupted a class by throwing white powder in the air. Testing on the powder in the Business Administration 1 building found it was only powdered baby formula. Campus police say the men meant the stunt as a joke, but they could face charges. And what do they think was going to happen, particularly after the, the saturation coverage of the of the envelope with the, the white powder in it that um, sent some of the members of the Trump family to the hospital yes. recently? And then what did they had, think was going I, to happen? They weren't thinking. Well, maybe not. They well, weren't thinking. Exactly what should have happened did happen, and I hope they hit them. And throw the book at them. And I'm sure they will. Walmart is raising its minimum age requirement for people who want to buy guns. Those looking to purchase guns and ammunition at the nation's largest retailer now need to be 21 years old. The move comes two weeks after the deadly mass shooting at the South Florida High School. Walmart is also removing items from its website that resemble assault rifles like airsoft guns and toys. Walmart stopped selling assault-style rifles like the AR-15 back in 2015. And Walmart's announcement comes on the heels after one of the country's biggest sporting goods chains. 
chains, Dick Sporting Goods, is no longer selling what it calls assault-style rifles. The CEO of Dick Sporting Goods, Edward Stack, tells ABC's Good Morning America the company is responding to the February school shooting in Parkland that killed 17 people. But when you look at those kids and their parents and the grief that everyone's going through, and we don't want to be a part of this story any longer. We actually sold the shooter a shotgun in, uh, in November of last year. And we looked at that and found out that we did this. We had a pit in our stomach and said, we need to not, we don't want to be a part of this story. And we need a, a responsibility to these kids. And, and we decided we are not going to sell these. Anymore. The retailer says it's also ending sales of high capacity magazines and will no longer sell any type of gun to anyone under the age of 21. In the meantime, again, classes were back in session yesterday at Marjorie Stoneman. In the 7 o'clock hour, we're really going to get into it. We're going to look at the AR-15, weapon of choice, of one of these mass killings after another, and is it time for it to go? So be ready on that at 7 o'clock. It has been uh, the weapon of choice in the last eight mass shootings in the United States. And finally, an Oklahoma town is putting bulletproof shelters in its public schools to protect students from mass shooters. The school district in Heddleton, about an hour and a half south of Oklahoma City, has installed seven bulletproof shelters in its elementary school and two shelters in its middle school. Local news reports say the shelters can hold up to 35 kids and two teachers. WFLA News Time at 6.06, and you can watch as a biker crashes, then slides under a semi-truck and somehow walks away. Oh, my. It's an amazing video, and you can see it for yourself at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. heading your Deborah Roberts with you here, Yappy. Our executive producer tying it together in the control room. Stephanie is our screener. The president yesterday. This is where we begin on a power-packed show, and we're going to want to hear from you on this. Had another one of those amazing tour de force, wide-open camera rolling sessions with Democrats and Republicans at the White House. I mean, it was great television, and the president really is the master of tying a meeting together Uh, with all of the disparate opinions that were in the building on gun legislation yesterday. But I have to tell you, my first view of that, I was impressed. My second view of that, I was perplexed. My third view, I was frankly disturbed. And I'll tell you why. Is the president showing great leadership on guns, or is he showing great cluelessness? Let's talk about it here in a moment. We'll hear some excerpts from that freewheeling meeting. Um, it's all from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll dive right in with you. And, of course, just preceding that, I'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in only two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. We've seen the president do this a couple of times, and he's really he's a great, great communicator. And, of course, he fancies himself as a great negotiator and somebody who can bring disparate parties together to agree and get things done. And um, he was, all of those skills were on display yesterday at the cabinet room of the White House. He said he was only going to let the cameras roll before he kicked the media out for a while, but he left it on the whole time for better than an hour. He had a bipartisan group of top Senate and House leaders, Democrats and Republicans, talking primarily about gun control legislation in the wake of the Valentine's Day massacre at the high school in Parkland, Florida, just more than two weeks ago. 
I mean, the president was was all over the place. I want you to listen to some of this now, put together in montage form, and see what you think. You won't have to worry about bump stock. Shortly, that'll be gone. But you have to do something about the mentally ill not being able to buy a gun. A handgun, you can't buy one. That you have to wait till you're 21, but you can buy the kind of weapon used in the school shooting at 18. If you add concealed carry to this, you'll never get it passed. The video games, the movies, the internet stuff is so violent. People are afraid to do background checks because you're afraid of somebody. A week will go by, another week, another week, another week, and all of a sudden, people are going to be onto other things. We can't let that happen. Okay, that was the president, and it went on and on and on, and he had a lot of good things to say, and it was really great the way he was facilitating discussion and conversation, debate and perhaps compromise between Republicans and Democrats who normally wouldn't talk to each other at all. In that respect, it was kind of a tour de force. But in the course of that, not only did he say at least four times, I'm not afraid of the NRA. You know, they're great people trying to do the right thing, you know, but we got to disagree with them and do other things sometimes. Don't be afraid of the NRA. You're all afraid of the NRA. Don't be. I'm not afraid of the NRA. But he talked about, as he talked with key legislators who had their own gun control bills of one kind or another, okay, dealing with everything from an outright assault rifle ban that Dianne Feinstein, the Democrat sitting right next to him, has pushed for years and is pushing now, all the way over to Joe Manchin and to to Toomey that they have a bill that's been out there for a couple of years um, that, that, among other things, expands the scope and the depth of background checks before you can buy a gun. And then there was Scalise, Steve Scalise, who was wounded in the baseball field, attempted massacre. Remember that earlier this uh, past year? He was talking about concealed carry across state lines, and the president, as you just heard, shot him down on that. But here's the problem with the president yesterday. Yaffe, I mean, he was talking about, all right, Diane, you with your assault rifle ban, but he didn't say that. He says, the stuff you got in your bill, get together with Manchin and Toomey over here. You guys can work that out. Dump it all in together. And then everybody else, uh, Scalise, will do you separately with concealed carry across state lines. And and here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a big comprehensive bill. I like comprehensive. We're going to put it all in there together and work it out together. We can pass this. We can get the 60 votes easily in the United States Senate. I'm telling you, when you look at what Feinstein wants, it's hard to imagine that Trump, an avowed conservative... And a big backer of the NRA that backed him to the hilt in his campaign for president would be fine with anything Feinstein is bringing to the table. And suddenly what looked like a tour de force of of all that the president brings to the table as the great facilitator and compromiser, wheeler dealer, etc., I began to wonder if he had any idea... What's in any of these gun bills? I I felt I went all of a sudden from him showing great leadership first time around to feeling like, I really think we're seeing cluelessness here, and it bothered me. Well, you weren't the only one that felt that way. He was getting a lot of flack from conservatives and Republicans about some of the stuff he was saying. Because, you know, when he, especially when he talked about agreeing with Dianne Feinstein, oh yeah, we'll just add that to this bill. And people are like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. She was grinning from ear to ear yeah. so wide, I thought her 84-year-old face was going to crack. I, don't, I swear to God. Yeah. I mean, grinning like a Cheshire cat. I don't think Trump has a real strategy here when he does stuff like that. I think he's just in a meeting kind of reacting to the moment. And something kind of sounds good in the moment. And he's like, okay, we'll kind of do that and do yeah. this. 
But you can't do that when you're talking about giant bills like this that could have very different things that people like and don't like. I think the bottom line is if you go comprehensive with as contentious as the gun control issue is and the many facets of it, you ensure that nothing can get through Congress. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of the opposite of his approach, but... (laughs) That's the way I see it. I'm on the Trump train, okay, gang? I like this president. He's done some great things. But what was going on in that cabinet meeting? Did anybody see it? We played a little bit of the sound from it. But I tried to sum up the way it went, and I try to be objective on this. And if I can cut the president some slack, I'll do it. But I'm I'm sorry. I found that to be disturbing yesterday. What about you? Whether you're on the Trump train or not, I'd like your take on it. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. There was one other moment when the president, I thought, really went off the rails and stepped in it in that freewheeling, uh, open cameras, rolling bipartisan meeting in the cabinet room of the White House yesterday on on gun control um, post-Parkland massacre. And uh, one of our astute texters has raised the issue, Yaffe. Um, Believe it or not, we've had a couple texters raise the issue. Um, One person said, what about Trump's comment on taking guns away from someone who's mentally ill while disregarding due process? Yeah. And and, and Mike Pence, his vice president, you know, got into it with him a little bit on this. What the problem was is the president didn't seem to understand the way these proposed red flag laws um, are, are structured. And, and what it does is it gives, you know, the average citizen, anyone who was close to somebody who was going crazy like Nicholas Cruz clearly was, and they can go to a judge directly to get an order to get the guns away for at least on a temporary basis. But it does not, it does not eliminate due process. The president says... Get the guns and we'll do due process later. That's not what we do in a constitutional republic with all due respect, Mr. President. And that is not what these red flag laws that we support are all about. Well, you're exactly right, bud, because Mike Pence was bringing it up yesterday and then Trump kind of reacted and said, oh, well, maybe I would like to take the guns first. And then have due process after is basically what Trump said. Yeah. And no, I agree with you. That's not what we do. It's not how it works in a constitutional republic. However, there's another texture who says, hey, come on, bud man. The president knows Uh, what he's doing. Yeah, one person says there's an art to making a deal, and he wrote the book. He did. But I don't see how you go comprehensive on gun control and get anything that will pass, particularly 60 votes in the Senate. I don't see how you do it. I really don't. Maybe he's a lot smarter than I am. I'm not president. He is. Here's Matt in Claremont. Good morning, uh, Matt. How are you? Hey, but I just think he's trying to exploit differences between the Democrats. And also, you know, um, another point that you can use exigent circumstances to take guns. You don't need uh, you can go to court after the fact. Well, that's not my understanding of the way it works. Well, I mean, that we do it in other instances. You know, and I think the president's right on that. What, what, when do we confiscate guns without going through? Well, he's talking about the mentally ill. When you've got someone under the Baker Act type idea, you know, got, uh, they could they should hold them until they get a hearing. Yeah, I, I, I just I just don't think, though, that he was thinking about the Baker Act at that particular point. He was talking about these. 
the red flag laws that are that are being proposed now post Parkland here, where you can intervene a lot more readily and more directly with a judge, but you're not going around the due process that is a foundation of our system. Shall we take it, Yaffe? Okay, we got a little technical gremlin there. I think the whole system is coming apart at the seams since I told you a moment ago it's 7.30, when in fact it's 6.30. You know, it's just it screwed up the computers and everything, you know. It happens, right? It happens. (laughs) Let's talk about a very serious story we have been waiting for for a long time that will begin unfolding today right here in Orlando. And that is jury selection for Noor Salman, the widow of the Pulse gunman, starts today. Central Florida News 13 reports newly unsealed documents are shedding light on the defense strategy, who will be attempting to convince jurors she was essentially a victim herself. Salman's defense team is planning to put two expert witnesses on the stand once the trial begins. Salman is charged with aiding and abetting and obstructing justice by lying to investigators. She faces life in prison if convicted. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Christine Leonin plans to attend much of Noor Salman's trial when it begins today at the federal courthouse in downtown Orlando. Her son, Christopher, drew. Leonin was one of 49 people killed at the Pulse nightclub shooting. And you remember from a video taken that day, she was the mother who was desperately searching for her son as uh, the tragedy was still unfolding. State lawmakers here in the Sunshine State are moving forward with a bill to arm school teachers. The Florida House Appropriations Committee voted along party lines to approve a bill that would establish a $67 million school marshal program to uh, train teachers to carry firearms to school. The bill would also impose a three-day waiting period for all gun purchases in Florida and raise the minimum age to buy a gun from 18 to 21. The bill aims to put 10 marshals in every school for a total of more than 37,000 across the state. It also includes provisions for teachers to undergo background checks, psychological exams, drug tests, and 132 hours of training. It also calls for more than $400 million in funding to improve mental health treatment and assessment, as well as school security. And after spending the past few days at the state capitol in Tallahassee lobbying for a school safety bill, one of the Parkland parents says she's feeling used and misled by the politicians. Linda Beagle-Schulman says the bill keeps changing and the parents are the last to know. The politicians, okay, uh, it's a great way to take advantage. You make nice, you tell them that we're going to help you, and we're going to do this, and you take us by the hand, and so on and so forth. And th- there are some times that I myself just, I feel like sometimes we're being used. Shulman's number one concern is the school marshal program. She says arming teachers is a bad idea that could trigger a firestorm. Her son, Scott Beagle, was a geography teacher and a cross-country coach at Stoneman Douglas. And a teacher is in custody after he barricaded himself in a North Georgia high school and fired a handgun yesterday. Dalton, Georgia police spokesman Bruce Frazier said Randall Davidson agreed to surrender after about 45 minutes. Frazier couldn't say how Davidson got the gun into Dalton High School, but that he didn't appear to want to harm anyone. The school's principal was alerted by students who were denied entry into Davidson's classroom. The principal approached that classroom and tried to unlock the door with a key when the shot was fired through an exterior window. It was panic, and and it's a freaky story because this guy was a well-respected veteran teacher who had never shown any aberrant behavior before. Very strange. Very strange, and they're still trying to get to the bottom of it and of all the times to do it. Yeah. And you can uh, find more details about that particular story in Georgia and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report.
Thank you, Deb. And by the way, as soon as we're done with the business report with Gina, as she joins us live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City, I have the new results of this Florida Quinnipiac poll on all things related to school safety and guns. Stay tuned. It's very, very interesting, and it is coming up. And now, Gina, you're still tapping away. We got breaking news up out of uh, New York City this morning. What are you working on up there? <laughs> Just making some notes to myself so I don't mess things up. <laughs> nah, you never do. You're the best. Let's talk about the stock futures. You've been checking them this morning after yesterday's session. What's going on up there? Well, right now, Bud, we have the stock futures pointing to a lower Wall Street open after big losses yesterday. More on that in a minute. First, what's ahead today? A lot of economic reports, personal income and spending, initial jobless claims, manufacturing and monthly auto sales. Among companies reporting their earnings, AMC Entertainment, Best Buy and Nordstrom. Uh, European shares are falling after Asian markets were mixed. And as I said, Big losses yesterday as traders await a second appearance from the new Fed chair, Jerome Powell. He goes by Jay Powell. His comments riled the markets earlier this week as he opened the door to four interest rate hikes this year. So again yesterday, another much lower close for the Dow, losing 381 points. It closed at 25,029. The S&P was down 30 or 1.1% 1 .1 to 2714. The Nasdaq was down 57 points. And for all of February, we saw the broader market down about 4%. Now, the Bloomberg Orlando index was down about 1% yesterday, with lows contributing the most to the decline. For the month, the local index down about 5%. All right, and now you've got, um, for folks particularly who are just joining us this morning, uh, more on a couple of big retail chains making big changes relating to their sale of guns, what they will sell, what they won't sell. Deb touched on it in the news earlier, but what do you have from the Bloomberg perspective this morning on this, Gina? Well, as you may know and have been reporting, it's the biggest chain in the world. Walmart has pledged to raise the minimum age for firearms and ammunition purchases to 21, joining Dick's Sporting Goods, which said that earlier in the day yesterday it would do the same. Dick's also saying that it'll stop selling assault-style rifles following the massacre in Parkland. Now, Walmart stopped selling these types of guns back in 2015, citing a business decision at the time. But the decision by the biggest retailer is the latest by a list of companies that are reevaluating their relationships with the firearms industry. Absolutely right. Now, AAA always analyzes driving patterns around the country for us, uh, the Automobile Club of America. And they've taken a look at uh, what's expected in terms of folks driving this coming spring. What's the latest? Yes, AAA says the highest gasoline prices in three years may force consumers to change their driving habits this spring. Prices at the pump may climb to almost $2.70 a gallon in early April, the highest since the summer of 2015 amid increased demand and volatility in prices. Some states like California might even see a brief return to $4 a gallon. And AAA sees pump prices rising amid higher demand and as crude oil gets more expensive, although it's down a little bit this morning right now at $61.25 a barrel. Before you go, Gina, we have a lot of folks who shop at Best Buy within the sound of my voice here in Florida, and they're making a change uh, noted by Bloomberg this morning. Right. Well, important note to say this does not involve their main 
big box stores that uh, most of us have visited at least on occasion, but Best Buy is planning to close down all of its 250 small mobile phone only stores as of May 31st. The retailer says the cost of these operations is higher than in the big box stores. This does not affect the mobile departments at the big box locations, but revenue from these standalone stores represented just over 1% of overall Best Buy revenue. Gina, thank you so much. Gina Cervetti with the Bloomberg Business Report every morning at 6.35, live from the heart of New York City. Look for you Friday morning. Have a great day, Gina. Thanks, bud. You too. All right. Good deal. Um, we got a few gremlins in the system right now, and uh, so as a result, we can't do what we normally do and uh, roll a commercial break, okay? Yaffe's working to to exorcise the gremlins right now. So that uh, that we're the beneficiary of that because we have an opportunity uh, to keep right on talking with you. I'll still take calls and texts on um, that really interesting and, and, and impressive in some ways, but also I found rather troubling freewheeling session the president held with Republicans and Democrats from the Senate and the House in the cabinet room yesterday on school safety and, um, and gun measures post Parkland Massacre. Um, I, did he show great leadership? Did he show great cluelessness? What was going on there? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. The Quinnipiac poll is out for Florida on these relevant matters, and it's very, very interesting. And actually, the polling here lines up with a lot of other polls that we have seen. We had a Florida Atlantic University poll here yesterday. Um, there are other polls that are out there on where Folks are nationwide and in Florida after the Valentine's Day massacre at Douglas High School in Parkland down in Broward County. By a margin of 56 to 40, Florida voters in the Quinnipiac poll oppose allowing teachers and other school officials to be trained and to carry guns on school grounds. Against that 56 to 40, it's something the president advocates, I advocate, the governor does not. The legislature does 56-40 against that in the Quinnipiac poll. 51% of voters say increased security at school entrances would do more to reduce gun violence in schools compared to 32% who say stricter gun laws would do more. 12% who say armed teachers would do more to keep schools safe. Florida voters, 60 on, on this issue here, on a nationwide ban on the sale of assault weapons, favoring it 62 to 33. Florida Atlantic poll yesterday, 69% supported a nationwide ban on the sale of assault weapons. Separate question with different wording, results a little different. Voters supporting a nationwide ban on the sale of all semi-automatic rifles, 53% support, 42 against. What else is in this Quinnipiac poll? It's interesting. Um, there, there's a There's a huge sentiment now. Some of this is emotion in the wake of the agony of what happened at that school in Broward County, and we all feel it, don't we? Some of this, the numbers may be inflated by that, okay? We have to understand that, and it's, it's just human nature. But the numbers are pretty substantial. It's not a close call on any of this stuff in the Quinnipiac poll. Um, Voters support stricter gun laws, 65 to 29 percent, with strong support for other gun control measures. 
requiring background checks for all gun buyers, supported 96 to 3 in the Quinnipiac poll in Florida. A nationwide ban on the sale of high-capacity magazines that hold more than 10 rounds, 62 to 34, favoring that. A mandatory waiting period on all gun purchases, favored 87 to 10, requiring that all gun buyers be at least 21 years of age, 78 to 20 in favor of that, allowing police or family members to petition a judge. These are the red flag laws we were talking about. Came up in the president's meeting yesterday, okay? Allowing family or police to petition a judge to remove guns from a person who may be at risk of violent behavior. 89 to 8 in favor of the red flag laws. Now, banning gun ownership for anyone who has had a restraining order for stalking, domestic abuse, and other reasons, 92 to 6 in favor of that. Just a couple of more items from the Quinnipiac poll for whatever it may be worth. Again, it's not a close call on any of these, okay? Florida voters opposing by 56 to 36 percent, allowing local governments to adopt gun laws that are stricter than the state law. Uh, Is it too easy to buy a gun in Florida today? 63 percent say yes. 28 percent say about right. One percent say it's too hard. And if more people carried guns, Florida would be less safe. 56% agree with that. 34% do not. Florida State's government must do more to reduce gun violence. 60, make that 75% in the Quinnipiac poll say yes. 18% say government is doing enough. And it just further, it's just another poll that shows right at this point in time, very, very strong sentiment for gun control measures. Some of that is emotion, but it's reflected in in dominant numbers in in one poll after another, okay? Yaffe, are we still rolling? All right. Steve's in Melbourne Beach joining the Bud Man, and good morning to you, Steve. Yeah, good morning, Bud. You believe in the Second Amendment? I do. All right. Why do you have the Bloomberg report on? Because I think they do a good job of analyzing what's happening on Wall Street, and that's why we use them. Who's, who's Bloomberg? Who's the founder? Michael Bloomberg. Yeah. Anti-Second Amendment. You can read all those polls. Second Amendment's not going anywhere. That's our right. We didn't drop the ball. You and I did not drop the ball. Once again, Pulse, Fort Hood, San Bernardino. How many more times? Dropping the ball. All right, we're going to raise the question in the 7 o'clock hour. Adjustments have been made to the Second Amendment over the history of this republic. There are those who are saying that an adjustment should be made now with the banning of AR-15s and similar weapons. Not going to happen. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Not going to happen. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you favor what was done with the National Firearms Act in the 30s and the middle of the gangster era, and, and, and they, they, they put severe restrictions on machine guns, and, and, and the, the ownership of them was banned in the mid-1980s as well? That is an adjustment to the Second Amendment. It happened. This is a rifle. I use it for protection. Mm-hmm. You, I don't know if you have... So, wait a minute. Wait, I'm going to ask you a question. Wrong. Steve, Steve, wrong. Steve, Please. I understand that. I totally get that. Do you wish that you could own a machine gun? They fully? want to 
end com- they want to confiscate all weapons. Well, let me ask this you a question. Step by step by step. Do you we wish not- Steve, Steve, Steve. I understand passions run high. Believe me, I feel that too. I am not anti second amendment. But do you wish they had never banned machine guns for civilian use? Do you wish that had never happened? About what, machine guns? Yes. That, that's, that, that's a slippery slope. No. But we're focusing on, not, no. let's not talk about the gangster stuff. No, let's I want you to tell me an adjustment hole. was made to the Second Amendment. Were you against yes. that? Do you wish we could all have fully automatic machine let's, guns? Let's, Do you wish we did? This, uh, a fully Answer the question. Gun yes. And AR are different. No, I'm not talking Those about the are AR. Different. I want to know They're where different. I want to know where you were on that adjustment to the Second Amendment that was made decades ago in this country. Do you regret that you can no longer own a fully automatic machine gun in this country? Is that bad for America that we cannot have that? I want to know your answer to that direct question. That is bad. That's a slippery slope, but we're focusing on the next step, the AR. Yep, and we are going to talk about it, Steve, and I thank you for your call and for your passionate defense of the Second Amendment as to whether or not it is a slippery slope or with the AR-15, the weapon of choice, and one mass killing after another well-documented from Pulse to Parkland and on and on and on, is a time to say we're not doing away with the Second Amendment, but the AR-15 needs to go. We made that decision with fully automatics years ago. There is sentiment now to do that just with AR-15-type semi-automatic weapons, okay? And it's a big, it's a big debate going on. And I'm not going to refuse to bring this aspect of the story to light on this show, Okay. It doesn't mean I'm for throwing out the Second Amendment. But I told you right after Parkland that the discussion about the AR needs to be had along with everything else, background checks, uh, whatever else it happens to be. Now, Yaffe, you're working on things in there with the technical. Are we okay? Are we all right right now? All right, good. Let's go to the phones on gun issues. Scott, you're on with a Bud Man. Good morning from Orlando. Hello, Scott. Yes, you know, I mean, they want to put all these laws in and this and that, but what about the police officers with their anger management? My my son was pulled over for a speeding ticket, and a, a sergeant for um, Orange County tried to pull him out of his windshield. I mean, his window almost dislocated his shoulder. Should that police officer be suspended of his gun? I don't know because I don't know the whole story. I'd like to hear it all from both sides before I could make a ruling on well, that. He went. He went to court with a lawyer, mm-hmm. and when the sheriff when the sheriff walked in and saw the lawyer there, he turned around and walked away. Case was dropped. Okay. My neighbor Larry Zwig, Orange County Executive Sheriff, told me about this, and he said that this sergeant had an anger management problem, or he said this sergeant has a hot temper. Well, if that's true. And they're obviously harmed. Um, they need to be, you know, they need to be weeded out of the police force. I think anybody would support that. I do. Here is Eric in Orlando. Next up, good morning, Eric. Hi, how are you doing? Fine, thank you. And you? Good. Uh, 
My my biggest thing with the the AR-15 is that it's uh, going back to the the specific reason that the Second Amendment was was placed there, and and that was to allow an American citizen to have the same ability to wage war as a general infantryman, not necessarily a heavy armor, or you know, like in that day it was cannons or grape shot cannons or you know something really crazy, mm-hmm. but the serviceman's rifle was equivalent to the civilian rifle. And the point you want to and make it, here would be what, Eric? Would be that an AR-15, you know, coming out of the 50s of a civilian rifle that became the basis for even the fully automatic, you know, M16 variants. Yeah. It's not more powerful than a, than a serviceman's rifle. It doesn't enable you to inflict more damage than a than a an infantryman. Well, it, uh, it it ripped those kids to shreds. You get softball size exit wounds because of of the way those bullets are and the velocity, et, et, et cetera. I mean, but my question to you is, where are you on the issue of the availability of the AR-15 moving forward? You want it to continue to be fully available. Is that where you are? I am a, I am all for the common sense things like gun violence restraining orders because that allows yeah. a court to limit somebody's right. Right. But in terms of general availability, I'm not for pulling them out of gun stores. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. By the way, uh, we're gonna we're gonna hear from the CEO of Dick's Sporting Goods, biggest sporting goods chain in the country right now. They're pulling them out. They're not selling them anymore. And we're gonna get into the debate further. Um, again, we have the polling showing an increasing number and a dominant number of people in this country are saying, you know, it's time to come to grips with the reality that the AR-15 is the weapon of choice in one mass slaughter after another in this country, schools and elsewhere, and it's time for them to go. Carlos, where are you on the AR-15? Hey, good morning, bud. Um, I, I, I am a long-time listener, and sometimes we don't agree on some point, but on this one, I'll have to shake your hands with it on it because I think we need to do something about these ARs that are available for kids. We need, we need to restrain the access to this to the kids uh the, the other fellow said that is for um, self-defense but self-defense is more of a reactionary action not uh all right all right you're talking about action. restricting assets where are you on the issue where we're seeing all the polling numbers on banning the ar-15 i would say ban them get rid of them Okay, we're going to be talking about it more in the next hour, and there'll be plenty of time for you to weigh in here, okay? And I really, I really want to hear from those of you who are thinking differently than you once were on the question of the AR-15 post-Valentine's Day massacre at the school in Broward County. We have the news coming up here with the Deb Meister at the top of the 7 o'clock hour to launch us into hour number two on the 50,000-watt front porch. The Pulse... Um, Nightclub massacre shooting trial begins today with jury selection and a new polling showing, well, most Floridians supporting an assault-style weapons ban. Deb has more on that, and that will fuel the debate as we move forward here. Good morning to you at 7 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. Glad to have you with us on a Thursday morning here at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the Pulse shooting trial begins today, and a new poll shows most Floridians support an assault weapons ban. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And the AR 15 under fire. Could you do without it or not? Let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. 
And good Thursday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. Jury selection is scheduled to begin today, and the trial of the wife of the gunman who police say killed dozens at an Orlando nightclub. Nor Salman's trial will be held in federal court in downtown Orlando. The case hinges on whether Salman knowingly helped her husband plan the June 2016 attack at the Pulse nightclub that killed 49 people and injured more than 50 others. Salman faces charges of aiding the support of a foreign terrorist organization resulting in death and obstruction of justice. Prosecutors say Salman knew of her husband's plans, but she denies that claim. She faces life in prison if convicted. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A new Quinnipiac University poll taken since the mass shooting at Stoneman Douglas High School in Broward County shows Floridians don't want teachers armed. There are also favor a ban on on assault weapons, almost two to one. These are huge majorities that we almost never see when we poll voters about other political issues these days. But guns appears to be the exception. Pollster Peter Brown says by a 56 to 40 percent margin, Floridians oppose giving educators guns, but it's a little closer when Floridians with children in public schools are polled. Meanwhile, despite what happened at Stoneman Douglas High School, Senator Bill Nelson says it's not going to be easy to enact new gun control laws. It shouldn't happen in a school. It shouldn't happen at a nightclub like Pulse. It shouldn't happen at an airport or a church or an outdoor concert. It shouldn't happen. Nelson says in that it's been two weeks since the school massacre and lawmakers have done nothing. The Democrat is calling for a ban on military-style assault rifles and comprehensive or universal background checks. And Dick's Sporting Goods customers are reacting to the company's decision to stop selling assault-style rifles at their stores. Outside their store in Paramus, New Jersey, schoolteacher Cynthia applauded the move. There should be strong gun control. I didn't know that Dick's even sold rifles. Some said policing guns themselves was not enough and urged a focus on mental health. Several said although they support the right to bear arms, they don't think assault rifles should be sold in sporting goods stores. We'll hear from the CEO of Dick's Sporting Goods, the largest sporting goods chain in America right now on what went into that decision to stop selling these weapons. Coming up. Gun control activists are calling for a one-day boycott of three companies with ties to the NRA. The Twitter campaign is calling for a boycott today of FedEx, Amazon, and Apple, who've been urged to cut ties with the gun group following the shooting in South Florida that killed 17 people. The boycott is the latest protest call since survivors of the high school shooting began speaking out against gun violence. At least 10 major companies have already severed ties with the NRA. And finally, the casket carrying the late Billy Graham will be ushered out of the Capitol this morning. Thousands paid their respects to the reverend yesterday as he was honored at the Capitol Rotunda, one of only four people to receive that honor. The public will not be permitted in the Capitol for the departure, though. Graham passed away last week at the age of 99. A funeral is planned for tomorrow in North Carolina. WFLA News Time at 7.06. Read about a girl who died hours after a doctor refused to see her for being late. Oh, my. Taking tardiness and the punishment of that to a whole different level. And we can read about that. At 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Good morning, Orlando. We're glad you're with us from the Frontgate Realty Studio. We greet you. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Um, the polling is showing a, a dominant majorities in this country 
you know, calling for various things related to uh, gun control. One of them is a ban on the AR-15 semi-automatic, the weapon of choice in one mass shooting after another in recent years from Parkland to Pulse and back through the years. So I, I raise the question because we're talking about all aspects of this in the wake of the Valentine's Day massacre at the high school in Broward County. The AR-15, should it be banned? If you're a proponent of the Second Amendment, as I am, could you live without this one class of weapon? Or is it just a slippery slope and you see full gun confiscation coming so you will not give on the point of the AR-15 because of the slippery slope? Or is there some other reason why you would be against a ban of the AR-15? You know, maybe there's there's some other compelling reason why you would not want the weapon of choice in these mass killings banned. I'll, I'll open up the 50,000-watt front porch to you. How would you like to be able to vote on whether or not to ban the AR-15? You may be able to here in Florida. Stay with me on that. It is all coming up. If you want to get in early on this emotional issue, 407-916-5400 would be the number. The text line always open, 23680. Know that standard message and data rates apply. Got a message from Deb and an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic coming up here in two minutes, and then we'll get into it right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Before we get into more of my take, and especially yours, on the AR-15, whether or not it ought to be banned, a lot of the polling shows dominant majorities of Americans now are saying absolutely it needs to be taken out of circulation off the market. Here is Ed Stack, the CEO of Dick's Sporting Goods, on what went into their decision yesterday, they announced it, ending sales of AR-15 semi-automatic rifles and similar guns. As we looked at what happened down in Parkland, and uh, we, were, we, we were so disturbed and saddened by what happened, we felt we really needed to do something. And uh, so we've uh, decided not to sell these assault weapons any longer in any of our stores. We're staunch supporters of the Second Amendment. I'm a gun owner myself, but we've just decided that based on what's happened and with these guns, we don't want to be a part of this story. And we've eliminated these guns permanently. The CEO of Dick's Sporting Goods. To the phones now. John, you're on with a bud man on the issue of the AR-15. A lot of the polling shows dominant majorities support banning the weapon of choice in many of the recent mass killings in America. Go ahead, John. I, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I got hoarse for a second. Yeah, that'll happen. I'm so sorry about that. That time of year, uh, they should have banned this weapon a long, long time ago. If you're traveling or, and you need a concealed weapon on you, you can carry that weapon without each and every one around you know that you have it on you. And so, for that reason, you gotta have a very dangerous intention of using this weapon on, on, on whatever reason it may be. So, I'm glad and happy that they decide on all these. CEO for all these companies that support the NRA okay. is getting ready to do something about it. If Washington don't want to do it, then we got to do it out here. All right. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Let me tell you also, and I'm going to Jim here, former law enforcement out of Winter Garden. You'll be next, and the rest of you to follow. If you want to join the conversation, get in now, 407-916-5400. Never busy is our text line, 23680. Standard message and data rates will apply there. I can tell you this, that there is a movement on the part of the Coral Springs mayor. That's down near Parkland where the massacre happened. Remember they sent their cops over there? Remember that? Um, Coral Springs Mayor Skip Campbell is calling for a referendum, maybe 
on the 2020 ballot here to ban assault-style weapons, AR-15 and similar weapons, to put it on the ballot for you to vote on as a constitutional amendment requiring a 60% vote in order to become part of Florida law, okay? All it takes is about 766,000 signatures. you got to get to 8% of the total number of Floridians who voted in the last big election, okay? That, that's how they figure that. And, and I think you could get the way the sentiment is right now, if you went after signatures, you would get them and it wouldn't be hard to do it. Now, what about that? Can you imagine the turnout? On the election day, when on the ballot there was a proposed ban of the AR-15 and other semi-automatic weapons, be unbelievable on both sides. The passions, I believe, would be so high. You may, it may happen, because I think they will get the signatures. I think at some point you'll be uh, able to vote on this as a constitutional amendment. I think that's going to happen, no matter where the legislature is on this. And the legislature right now, staunchly opposed to banning the AR-15. That's not part of of the legislation that has emerged from the Florida House or Senate in the wake of Parkland. Okay, uh, Jim, good morning to you. Steph says on the screen, you're former law enforcement out of Winter Garden. Good morning to you, Jim. Uh, good morning, bud. Uh, yeah, also a veteran, uh, United States Air Force. And Bud, I love you. Listen to your show. I've met you a couple times in military events over the years, and mm-hmm. I, I love your stance. There's two issues I have here. First, is the labels. So I've worked in this field for a while. And terms like lone wolf and the one that you keep using of the St. Valentine's Day massacre, we're labeling these, we're glamorizing it for the next... Wow, I don't mean to glamorize it at all, but it's a massacre that happened to occur on Valentine's Day. What was the other thing you have a problem with me on, uh, Jim? Yeah, just just the labels. we got to be careful with that. What other label? What other label? Help me out here. Where am I going off the rails here? Um, With... with so it was a massacre that happened on St. John Valentine's Day. Don't disagree with that, but but it just it glamorizes it. Every time I hear you say it, I love oh. it, but but every time I hear it, it, just makes me cringe because the next kid, this is this they're right. looking for the labels, the lone. Oh wolf. boy! I mean, well, okay, that's the last thing. To- that's the last thing I'm trying to do. Interesting point you raised. Forgive me. Um, uh, my question to you is: as a, as a former cop. What about it? What about the AR-15, the weapon of choice, and all of these mass killings, almost all of them, going forward? Should it be banned or not? Um, I, I think it should not, because once that is banned, the next weapon of choice will be the next thing available in the gun safe. So Got it. What you're talking about is the slippery slope, right? It is. It's- Got it. Thank you, Jim, very much. I appreciate it. i got to move on, and I will. With one poll after another post-Parkland massacre showing that dominant majorities of Americans, Floridians, and across the country... 60 to 70 percent want the AR-15, the weapon of choice, undeniably, and in so many of the recent mass killings in this country, they want it banned. Now, if you are opposed to banning the AR-15, I want you to tell me, is it because you fear the slippery slope toward more and more guns being banned all the way to full confiscation? Or is there some other reason why you want the AR-15 in circulation? Okay. So we're talking about it with you. We'll check the text line in a moment. Thanks, everybody, for waiting. Be quick and focused if you can. We'll try to get more folks on. Good morning from Orlando, Steve. Ah, good morning, bud. Two things really quick. Uh, first off, the CEO at Dick's Sporting Goods. Come on, man. Jumping on this again. He did this six years ago uh, with me not being a gun owner, which makes me to my second point. Never had a gun, never have, you know, never even wanted to think of purchasing one. Mm-hmm. Slippery slope. You leave it the way it is, 
Parkland should have never happened in the first place. Thanks, All right, in- interesting. You're right on. Thank you, Steve. You're right on on um, sticks. They say then it was temporary after Sandy Hook. Now they say it's permanent. They're never selling these weapons again. You talk about the slippery slope. Let's take a look at that slope. We banned fully automatics, machine guns, back in the 1930s, reaffirmed it in the 1980s with a further gun control measure. But it hasn't led to a progressive slippery slope toward denying access to one weapon after another. So the slope wasn't slippery then, as evidenced by all the years that have gone by with the machine guns. What makes you think that the slope would be slippery now? Just asking. Tom, good morning to you from Orlando. You're on with the Bud Man. What are you thinking? You know, Bud, uh, listen to what everyone has to say here. I think everyone has probably gone to government schools and been dumbed down to forget (laughs) or not know why we have the right to keep and bear arms. That right is here to keep the government in check. It's not for hunting. It's not for self-protection. You know, we have Jews walking around in society today with with numbers tattooed on their arms, and they were rounded up by the millions and and slaughtered. In World War II. Yes, we have the right to keep and bear arms Mm -hmm. so that the government is kept in check. And if they're not kept in check, we keep these arms to overthrow that government and to put a government in place that sees the will of the people. Read the Constitution. Read the preamble. That's why we get to have these guns. Well, and yes, we should have automatic weapons, bud. Uh, there are thousands of automatic weapons in, in society today. They All it requires is a $200 stamp. Right. People own them, and they're never used to slaughter people. All right. Thank you. I appreciate your feelings on that. Text line, Yaffe, what's coming in there from folks who want to be heard another way? Uh, yes, got a bunch of people that disagree with you, bud. Um, one person says this is sliding faster down the slippery slope. Society has changed. Military weapons have been available since they were made. People have changed. Says I don't support a ban. So the slope would be slipperier now than it was when we banned the machine guns in the gangster era in the 1930s, because it didn't prove to be slippery after that. Interesting. Greg and Yeehaw Junction with the Bud Man. Hello, Greg. Uh, good morning, Mr. Hedinger. It is an honor and a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Oh, thank you. It's nice to have you with me. It really is. Uh, a point that you're not bringing up, which is half the problem. Okay. Half the problem. Now, the AR-15 has been around a long time, hasn't gone into these mass shootings until psychotropic SSRIs, antidepressants, entered the picture. Once that entered the picture, the formula of semi-automatic rifles, AR-15, and an SSRI, which gives you homicidal-induced thoughts, completed it. So we got modern meds that have got too many people's minds messed up, and we didn't used to have to deal with that. Interesting dimension you have added to the conversation, my friend, from Yeehaw Junction. Deborah Roberts coming right up as we continue on the Pulse nightclub massacre trial of the wife of the killer. It begins in Orlando today. And find love now on the slowest dating app ever. Good morning from us all at 7.30. Deb, good to have you with us here. Uh, a lot of talk about um, uh, about issues raised in the wake of the uh, 
of the mass killing at the school down in Parkland. But today in Orlando, the focus will be on the aftermath of a mass slaughter in our town. And that means the only person charged in connection with a mass shooting at Orlando's Pulse nightclub is about to go on trial. Jury selection begins today in federal court in downtown Orlando for Noor Salman, the widow of the gunman. She's charged with obstructing justice and aiding and abetting the June 2016 attack that left 49 people dead and more than 50 others injured. If convicted, Salman could be sentenced to life in prison. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. You know, bud, online dating can be not just a little overwhelming, but a lot overwhelming. Well, um, go ahead, educate me, because obviously I've been out of circulation and married for a long time, so I don't have any idea about this. I don't either, but with the <laughs> Tinders, and the, I, that's like the only online dating app that I know of, because like you, I'm, I'm happily taken. But there is now a new app that promises to simplify things. And this, when I saw this story, I specifically thought of our super producer, Mike Yaffe. Right. The most eligible bachelor in Central Florida. And amazing that he has not been snatched up and and dragged down the aisle. What a catch. But uh, one of his complaints, even about, you know, Christian Mingle and some of your other dating apps, is that there's so many choices, it's hard to, you know... Poke out of the bunch. I think the Debmeister's here to help you, Yaffe, so I pay am. attention. I, I am. I'm definitely paying attention. <laughs> well, there's a new app, and it's called Once, and it could be the slowest dating app known to man. It's got its name because it sends users only one match a day. Oh, okay. So instead of having to go through 20 or 30, you actually have a chance to be showcased if, if your profile ends up getting sent to somebody because she's not going to be flipping through 30 other profiles. Hmm. Now, while, I'm listening. I'm is, listening. That, is that appealing? I mean, because they're marketing to people who are in your situation, right? You're eligible, you're yeah. single, et cetera. You would like to be married to the right person. Is that appealing, the slow the slow track? Well, yeah, because especially for girls, from what I hear of girls on dating apps, they just get inundated with so many requests from different guys right? that it's very hard for them to sift through it all. And it's hard for a nice guy, a great guy like Mike Yaffe, to end up on top of the heap. So while Tinder lets you know anytime you and someone else both swiped right, which is really just a hookup, not a relationship, once focuses on quality over quantity, and it's working. The app is number one on Google Play, where it's available in Europe, and it just arrived here in America. The way once works is that it uses an algorithm that pairs profiles based on age, interests, location, education, and physical preferences. The people behind it hope it helps daters with tinderitis, the fatigue that sets in from all that swiping left and right. Tinderitis, they call that? Tinderitis. <laughs> Let me ask like you, that. from a single woman's perspective, Stephanie, what about that? Yeah, she's the once been, uh, concept. What do you think? Mm, You've been listening attently. No, I'm, still, I'm not about it. I'm sorry. I'm not about the online dating at all. Doesn't matter, fast or no. slow. That's no, not where you want to be. I don't need be. anyone. I'm good. Uh-oh. I'm good. The oh, doors to her so. bitter barn are open. <laughs> All right. When do you think more couples get married? Was this a time of day, a time of year? Time what of year. What, what would you say well, is the June most? Well, June is the wedding month. Well, it actually turns out that more couples are getting married in the fall. Really? Yeah. According to Wedding Wire, fall is now the popular season to get married with September and October being the most popular months. I'm surprised. I am too. One in three weddings now take place in the fall. Ten years ago, bud, you were right. June, July, and May, in that order, were the most popular months to get married. Now, though, it's October, September, and June. 
Experts say that's because couples are catching on to the cheaper prices and cooler temperatures that fall has to offer. Ah, uh, I get it. Like hotels, flights, maybe, that sort of thing. Exactly. But uh-huh. now look for the people who do weddings and flights and all that other stuff to move their bumping their price up into the fall to mm-hmm. match those weddings because that's where a lot of folks make a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely right. Interesting. And speaking of weddings, finally, today is National Kalachi Day. Kalachis are a traditional wedding pastry in the Czech culture, and they came to Texas in the 1850s with a large wave of Czech immigrants. They have a wide variety of fillings from fruits to meats. In observation of natural, uh, National Kolachi Day, some Kolachi bakeries are offering discounts, gift cards, or a one-per-customer freebie, so you might want to check it out. Nice. Thanks. Has anybody had a Kolachi? If you all had a, I've never, I'm not even aware of them. I haven't either. I don't know. Maybe Mike will serve I'm them at his wedding. I'm working up an appetite oh, here. Good. Where can you get a Kolachi? Yeah. Steph? I want a kolache. Where I do I get know. it? I've never heard of it, but it sounds good. All right, anybody, tell us where you get a kolache in Central Florida, 407-916-5400, or text us, okay? I want a kolache, um, <laughs> 23680. <laughs> Deb, thank you. You're welcome, bud, man. That's the news at the top of the hour. We're going to have some fun right now. It's been pretty intense with what we've been talking about. We're going to give away not one but two prizes to our Sound Judgment Game winner. We're playing in the next segment. Sound Judgment calls only. Company says you're eligible to win if you've not won our Sound Judgment Game in a month, okay? we got the Trump board game that everybody is playing for. We've got it, and you're not going to find it anywhere else, I don't think. It's brand new. And we got some concert tickets, too. If you really love the Bee Gees, we got a twofer on the 50,000-watt front porch. Sound judgment coming right up. Call in now and you'll be ready to play. 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. Sound judgment coming up. Followed by the Rush Morning Update as we roll on for the front gate realty studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. An update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic first. And I'll have that in just two minutes. Stick around on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Sound judgment contestants are in place. If you're getting a busy signal and you want in, wait for a wrong answer. Opening up a line at 407-916-5400. And Steph, she's got not one but two prizes for our winner today. Let's talk about them. That's right, bud. So today, our sound judgment winner gets their very own copy of the brand new Trump Policy board game. Play Trump Policy with your family. Play it with your friends. And very soon, you'll know whether they are your friends. Trump Policy gives everyone a chance to voice their opinion on key issues of the day and stand up for the kind of America they want. The new Trump Policy game, $40 value, is available at trumppolicy.net. But also, we have a pair of tickets to the number one Bee Gees tribute, Staying Alive, Wednesday, March 7th at the Plaza. All right. Bee Gees music at the Plaza, and you're going on us, and you got the Trump board game as well if you're our winner. Ready? Here we go. The body of televangelist Billy Graham has been lying in honor within the rotunda of the United States Capitol, the rotunda, President Trump yesterday spoke eloquently and passionately at a ceremony there and recalled seeing Billy Graham preach at a very famous venue when he was just a child. As you listen to the president recalling that childhood memory, use your sound judgment to tell me where young Donald Trump saw Billy Graham preach. My father said to me, come on, son. And by the way, he said, come on, mom. Let's go see Billy Graham. And where did they go, line one? Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium is an interesting guest. Let's listen to the president again, Yaffe. My father said to me, come on, son. And by the way, he said, come on, mom. 
let's go see Billy Graham at Yankee Stadium. And it was something very special. Wow. How about that? I didn't think that was going to be that easy. Nice job. You're our double winner of both prizes on Sound Judgment this morning. What do you think? Sounds good to me. (laughs) I hope it does. What's your first name, my friend? Chuck. Chuck, and what town are you calling from today? Uh, Claremont. Good deal. And beautiful Lake County. Tell you what. Thank you so much for being a part of our audience. It's great to have you listening to the show. Great to have you calling in and always exciting when we have a winner, especially with two prizes up for grabs. Way to go, Chuck. Congratulations to you. Thanks, bud. Woo-hoo, on the Trump train. There you go. Don't go away. You and Stephanie will make all of the arrangements so you get those two prizes. All right. Stay with me. We're going to have the Rush Morning Update, never to be missed, coming right up on the 50,000-watt front porch. After I update you on um, traffic and weather and news. Good morning, Orlando. From the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Hour number three coming up, and I need your help in understanding what President Trump was up to and where he was coming from on a really compelling hour-long-plus open meeting in the cabinet room in the White House yesterday with top Democrat and Republican leaders in the House and Senate, largely on guns, gun control, post-Parkland massacre, school safety, and all of that. First time I, I, I watched it, I thought, man, this is just the president's at the top of his game, great leadership. But then it became a little bit troubling to me, and more than a little bit, when I went back and reviewed it and watched it again. Uh, did we have great leadership, or did we have some cluelessness going on from... Uh, from our president. By the way, we're hopping on the Trump train here in the next hour. And um, apropos of our times, handling security from now on on the Trump train will be our call screener and vehement defender of Second Amendment rights. Stephanie, you will be handling security, so it'll be a safe ride on the Trump train, that's right? That's right. Yaffe nominated me, so I guess that's yeah. I'll do it. She'll be there with her AR, and she'll be handling security and <laughs> Frankly, I feel safer already. Oh, see, there you go. There you are. Okay, so <laughs> fear not. Okay, we got a nice, safe ride. Even when we get some, you know, lefties going off the rails here and going crazy on the fifty thousand watt front porch, everything will be fine because Stephanie is now handling Trump train security here on the fifty thousand watt front porch. We will be pulling out of the station on this at about ten minutes after eight, and uh, that's it. We'll uh, we'll look forward to having you with us. In the meantime, stay tuned because um, Deborah Roberts, my co-host, has the news at the top of the hour. Big day here in Orlando in, a, in the federal courtroom. Nor Salman, who was the widow of the Pulse nightclub shooter Omar Mateen, who claimed 49 lives here, is going on trial on charges that could put her behind bars for the rest of her life. And the Florida House issuing subpoenas for the Cruz investigation. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Thursday at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the Pulse shooting trial begins today, and the Florida House issues subpoenas for the Nicholas Cruz investigation. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And hop on the Trump train with me here as we explore what the president did yesterday that had a lot of conservatives, including me, pretty alarmed. We'll see what you think next on Good Morning Orlando. 
And good Thursday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. Jury selection begins today in the federal case against the widow of the Pulse shooter. 31-year-old Noor Salman is charged with aiding and abetting and obstruction of justice. Prosecutors allege she knew about her husband's plan to orchestrate the June 12, 2016 mass shooting in Orlando where 49 people were killed and more than 50 others were injured and even helped him prepare for it. The trial will be held in downtown Orlando at the Middle District of Florida Courthouse about two miles from the Pulse nightclub where the shooting happened. The trial is expected to last about 25 days. Salman faces life if in prison if convicted. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. In the meantime, those personally affected by gun violence believe they're stronger together in their push for new gun laws. Survivors of the Pulse nightclub shooting met outside the club yesterday along with students and parents who survived the Broward County school shooting. The students say stronger gun restrictions after Pulse two years ago could have prevented what happened to them two weeks ago in Parkland. Mayor Buddy Dyer joined the groups and joined their call for an assault weapons ban. The slow and sometimes painful return to normal is underway in Parkland. Students returned to class yesterday and today at Stoneman Douglas High School for the first time since that deadly shooting two weeks ago. Classes were only in session for half a day and will remain so the rest of the week. But as hard as it was to return, almost all of the students did with the school reporting attendance of 95 percent. President Trump is putting some distance between himself and the NRA. Trump held a bipartisan meeting with some lawmakers at the White House yesterday and repeated a call to raise the minimum age for assault weapons from 18 to 21. Raising the age for buying assault weapons puts Trump at odds with the NRA. He defended the NRA but said they're not always right. The Florida House has issued a series of subpoenas to local governments in South Florida as they investigate the school shooting in Parkland. Representative Larry Metz of Yalaha says they want to know how the sheriff's office dealt with accused gunman Nicholas Cruz in the years before the shooting. We have, uh, I believe, four separate subpoenas to the sheriff's department in Broward County. We broke it down by subject area to keep it simple and make it easier for them to comply with. More than 70 Republicans in the House have already signed a letter calling for the removal of Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel. The House Speaker accuses him of incompetence and neglect of duty. And finally, Oprah Winfrey says the only thing that could get her to run for president is a sign from God. The media mogul gave an interview to People magazine recently and made clear she's been getting support for a White House bid ever since her speech at the Golden Globes. She says she's prayed about running for president and said it would require an unmistakable sign from God that it was the right thing to do. Oprah says she hasn't gotten that message. However, she says she has gotten messages from wealthy people calling her and saying, quote, I can get you a billion dollars. I can run your campaign, end quote. You think she'll end up running? I don't know. I really I think, think so. it's. I really think it's up in the air at this point. I think it's more likely uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson will. Yeah, he might well. Yeah, he gets some votes too. Yeah, he would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The strange world of politics we live in now. Oh, for sure. WFLA news time. It's eight oh six, and you can watch as a biker crashes, slides underneath a semi truck, and somehow walks away from the accident. At 1025WFLA.com. And no, it was not a Hollywood stunt. Well, God wasn't speaking to Oprah. He was tied up helping this guy (laughs) survive that fiasco. That must be it. He was busy giving somebody else a story to (laughs) say. Well, you can watch the video for yourself and get the story details at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News. 
news, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. And alongside the Deb Meister, the Bud Man here, taking you through hour number three. We're going to connect with a president on a freewheeling bipartisan cameras rolling meeting at the White House yesterday on school safety and guns. And um, we're going to play a montage for you. And I'll tell you why. I wound up being very troubled at times by what the president seemed to be advocating. And a lot of my fellow conservatives felt the same way. I want to run it by you and see what you think, and we'll do that here in a moment. Yaffe Producing, Steph is screening, 407-916-5400 if you want to join the conversation. If you'd prefer to text, 23680, standard message and data rates apply. Final hour here on a Thursday morning for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Right after a word from Deb, we'll have an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. president had some glowing things to say. Um, about Hope Hicks uh, upon her departure, although he was apparently a little miffed at some of the things that uh, she reportedly said during that testimony in the prior day. Okay, speaking of the president yesterday, you know, in terms of commanding a room, I don't think there's ever been a president who can do it like Donald Trump. And there he was in the cabinet room. He decided to leave the cameras rolling. It was compelling television. And even the anti-Trump media machine, CNN and MSNBC, they couldn't break away from it once they were in there. So the president was getting all of this airtime for more than an hour yesterday afternoon. He had leadership from the Senate and the House um, Republicans and Democrats all around the table. And Vice President Pence was there as well. And they talked about a lot of things in the wake of the um, school massacre in Broward County gun control legislation and bills that are out there, and they're coming from all directions on Capitol Hill, schools, safety measures, et cetera, and other legislation. And um, listen to a little bit of this, that in some ways was just impressive as it could be. But then when you really look at where the president was going with some of what he was advocating, I'm telling you, if you're a conservative, you ought to be very, very concerned, alarmed even, as frankly, I am. You won't have to worry about bump stock. Shortly, that'll be gone. But you have to do something about the mentally ill not being able to buy a gun. A handgun. You can't buy one. You have to wait till you're 21. But you can buy the kind of weapon used in the school shooting at 18. If you add concealed carry to this, you'll never get it passed. The video games, the movies, the Internet stuff is so violent. People are afraid to do background checks because you're afraid of... Somebody. A week will go by, another week, another week, another week, and all of a sudden, people are going to be onto other things. We can't let that happen. All right, and then at one point, what really got disturbing to me, let me just point out a few things here, because I'm on the Trump train all the way, and in some ways, this was a tour de force by the president, and he was showing great leadership. And he did have people talking to each other who talk past each other normally. That was all good. But he's talking about taking, hey, Diane Feinstein, you got a, a bill here, a gun bill here. Why don't we fold your stuff into what uh, Joe Manchin and, and Toomey are doing over here? But Feinstein's legislation calls for a total ban on AR-15-like semi-automatic weapons. That is not something we've heard the president advocate before. That's the type of thing that's going to make conservatives apoplectic. And all of a sudden, he seems to be advocating that. He wants to throw everything into one big comprehensive bill. I don't think you'll get enough agreement to ever get enough votes in Congress to pass anything and that nothing will happen. And then he got into it with Vice President Pence a little bit on these 
red flag laws we've talked about here that have great merit to them, where you can go to a judge directly as a parent, a family member, when you got somebody that, you, that you're with all the time that seems to be going Nicholas Cruz on you. And you can get a judge to rule that, that temporarily you can get the weapons away from this person until you figure out what in the world is going on with them. But Trump said, let's get the weapons first and we'll worry about due process later. Say what? In a constitutional republic, that's not the way we can do things. We cannot just take people's personal rights away like that. And, and the red flag laws don't call for ignoring due process. It's just a streamline directly to the judge, you go, process, as opposed to having to wait for law enforcement to get involved, etc., that may take too much time, and suddenly the shooter activates. I don't know. At first, I thought it was great leadership. Then I thought there was some cluelessness on the part of the president. But maybe I am missing something. I really wondered whether he knew what was in the various gun bills that are out there. But his idea to me of trying to throw it all in the barrel as one comprehensive bill and everybody will agree on it and we'll get more than 60 votes in the Senate, I think there's no possibility of that happening. And I was, frankly, as a conservative, really pretty troubled by what the president was really saying. He seemed to be all over the lot. Now, I want to know what you think, okay? We played a little bit of a montage here. We talked about it earlier on the show. Should I be concerned here? Or is there a genius to the president that the Bud Man might be missing? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. So the Trump bipartisan meeting on guns and school safety in the cabinet room yesterday did a great job of tying it together and making everybody talk with each other, and he had comments along the way. But all of a sudden, we got him, you know, lining up with Dianne Feinstein, it sounded to me like, who's all about banning all semi-automatic weapons, you know, and, and dumping one bill into the contents of another and getting a big comprehensive bill out there that would pass, surely, with 60-plus votes in the Senate. I just don't see it. I don't know what was going on there yesterday. David, do you share my concerns about some of the things the president was saying yesterday? Good morning, David, from Orlando. Good morning, Bud. Yes, absolutely. I noticed that he, uh, President Trump pulled the chair out for Diane Feinstein first, and uh, and then he, she, she was all giddy and rubbing her hands and and excited that, that that the president agreed with her. But if you remember, Bud, he did he did say prior to running for president that he wanted to ban assault rifles and that he was not a Democrat, was not a Republican, not a Democrat, and not a conservative. That's what he said. Wait a minute. Is he on is he on record as saying ban AR fifteen like yes. weapons? Back during the what was it, the Sandy Hook shooting? He was very animate about you know, he took the side of banning these assault rifles. I don't recall he, that during the campaign, David. We'll research it. Thank you very much. Yaffe, um, your take on the president yesterday. Some of it was impressive, some of it I found pretty troubling. Um, yes, well, I think some people want to say this is part of his overall strategy. I just don't buy that. I think what he does is he just kind of reacts immediately to what's going on in the room. So when Diane Feinstein says something, he wants to sound nice, and he says, okay, we'll bring that in, we'll bring that in. And it's kind of just off-the-cuff reaction, which isn't going to work in the big scheme of things. You have to know what's in these bills 
and, you know, to see if they're going to pass. But I wonder if the real strategy is, in his heart of hearts, possibly, he doesn't want anything of significance passed, okay? So he says that we'll get it all done by, you know, making a giant grab bag of, you know, this bill's provisions with this one, with this one big comprehensive thing, saying that it will pass, knowing that that's exactly what would cause it not to. Yeah, I've heard that before. I don't buy it. I, I really don't. I think he does want something passed just so he can say he did something. Yeah. I don't think he really even cares about the details as long as it's done. Yeah. You know, listen, I, I, <laughs> there's no way you can know everything here. Our last caller is very credible, but I want to get it. If the president ever had called for a ban on AR-15 style rifles, I'd like to know what the time frame of that would be. I just don't recall that during the campaign for the presidency. 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Mike's on the line. Good morning to you, Mike, from St. Cloud. Hey, bud. I was telling Steffi I may have to talk you off the ledge today. Everything's going <laughs> to be fine. This is the art of the deal. Donald J. Trump knows exactly what he's doing. If he turned to his left and said, you know, Donna, this is a terrible idea you have, she would shut down like a rock, and every progressive would shut down, and she, he would lose all the Democrats. Okay. So he encourages them, yeah, 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 we'll okay. do that, sure. Oh, great idea. All He's right. like a parent teasing the child with dessert so they eat their vegetables at dinner. All right, well, listen, I appreciate that. Now, the ledge is four floors up here where our building is. We call it the 50,000-watt front porch, but we're at the top of a four-story building. You're telling me don't jump, Budman, right? No need to jump? It, it is fine. You should know, watching the, the master at work, okay. that he says everything in public, but then what really yeah. happens behind closed doors, that's where you want to be a fly on the wall. All right. I'd like to believe that. It was bothering me the more and more I went back and watched that yesterday. Yaffe? Yeah, you were talking about if Trump ever supported a ban on assault weapons or yeah. assault rifles. Apparently, in his 2000... In, book so in the year 2000 he came out with a book he was thinking about running for president he even was, back yeah. then mm -hmm. apparently he said in that book that he did support banning some of these assault weapons but then later took it back and he said um he does not support that anymore during Thank the campaign you. he took it back and and right during the 2016 campaign he was not advocating such a ban right right yeah, yeah. he said he said i don't support it anymore i do not support the ban on assault weapons that's what he said in a March 2016 debate. There we go. All right, we got a big day here in a uh, in a courtroom in Orlando, the beginning of the um, trial of Noor Salman, the wife of the Pulse nightclub killer, Omar Mateen. She's facing charges that, if she is convicted on all charges, could put her away for life. Jury selection to begin. Deborah Roberts with the update in a moment. And the story, among others, of a quest for a cup of coffee leading to a $5 million jackpot. Deborah Roberts next on Good Morning Orlando, and it's 8.30 now. My co-host Deborah Roberts joining us right now. Before you get to the news of the hour, uh, Deb, here, we continue to get calls on the president's meeting yesterday. It was impressive to watch, but I has expressed a lot of concern. A lot of conservatives seem to feel the same way. 
about some of the things he was advocating in terms of gun legislation. However, Andrew from Winter Springs may not agree with you that uh, he was off the rails yesterday, bud. I'm going to get a little reassurance here. And the last caller said, bud, man, we're going to talk you off the ledge. Don't jump. It's going to be all right. (laughs) That's what Andrew is here to do. Good morning, Andrew from Winter Springs. Good morning, everybody. Thank you. I love your show. You guys are amazing. And, well, thank uh, you. Such a balanced approach. We, you know, us here out in the public really appreciate you. Now, thank you. Get away from the cliff, everybody. <laughs> okay, listen. Just a couple of weeks ago, everybody thought Trump was crazy because he said what he said and offered the Democrats everything they wanted on immigration. He exposed them for what they really were and what their real motives were necessarily immigration reform but just simple political garbage now trump knows what he's doing when i heard it yesterday i am a pro-gun guy have been my entire life i am not worried a bit that they are going to come after all of my guns so everybody just needs to take a deep breath everybody needs this is the biggest problem right now that everybody's overreacting and not just absorbing and thinking about all any right. kind of compromise at all. That's all right. Sense. Please comment. All right. Well, uh, all right. I'm going to let you go, and I'll just say this. I had a problem with the uh, with the president seeming that okay with doing away with due process, you know, to um, uh, to get people who look like they're they're going a little off the rails an opportunity with the red flag laws that we've been talking about here, Deb. You know, right. uh, to to take someone out of circulation, but but no due process. I mean, that bothered me, and then. Palling with uh, Diane Feinstein and saying, "Yeah, we'll throw, we'll go for your bill. Throw that in with it. Well, she's all about an assault weapons ban, which is not something that the president has been advocating while in office." And I just, it really rocked me. And uh, we've been talking about it here. Anyway, I'm sorry because I'm playing on your nickel right now, and we have a very big story among the others you bring us that begins to unfold here in Orlando today. With jury selection for Nora Salman, the widow of the Pulse gunman, Central Florida News 13 reports newly unsealed documents are shedding light on the defense strategy. We're going to be attempt to convince jurors that she was essentially a victim herself. Salman's defense team is planning to put two expert witnesses on the stand once the trial begins. Trial is expected to last about 25 days. Salman is charged with aiding and abetting and obstructing justice by lying to investigators, and she faces life in prison if convicted. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A New York State man's quest for a cup of joe is paying off in a big way. Is this the $5 million man yeah, story? a $5 million lottery jackpot. Lottery officials say Raymond Shove of Ontario wanted a cup of joe and a lottery ticket on his way home from work last week. Sure. He stopped at one store, but it wouldn't make him coffee. Hmm. Undeterred, Shove went to another store where he found his coffee, bought a lottery scratch-off ticket, and headed home. He said he went to his basement and was pretty shocked when he realized he had won. Wow. When Lady Luck is smiling on you, yes, it's everywhere. Exactly. So if you go to a store and they won't make you coffee, yeah. maybe consider it kismet, divine intervention. Yes, and could just, well be. Exactly. And then just go to the next store and cash in your $5 million. How about that? Ah, Pennsylvania man is under arrest for allegedly stealing meatballs. Police arrested 48-year-old Layman Potter on Monday. They say he was stealing meatballs from a garage in Hazel Township. A criminal complaint says a man called state police to report a pot of meatballs missing from his garage. People keep the strangest things in their garages. Uh, He said he found Potter at his front door 
with the red tomato sauce in his goatee. Oh, caught red-handed. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> State police say the sauce on his face linked Potter to the meatball theft. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he had just taken the sauce out of his goatee. And finally, Apple's new Cupertino headquarters is apparently a dangerous place to work, bud, yeah. because of all the glass. Local emergency services have been called at least twice to treat employees for cuts after walking into the walls. They need the decals. Like we put on our sliding glass doors out to the porch, right? Exactly. Apple won't say how many other times this has happened, and Cal OSHA hasn't launched an investigation, but insiders say some employees have heard Bud Hedinger's tip and have put post-it notes on the multitude of glass doors and walls in the massive ring-shaped building to warn of their presence. I just think it's funny when you have a bunch of geniuses, because most of them are really, really smart. But they all walk into a wall. But they all walk into (laughs) the glass walls. You know they're just so absent-minded about stuff like that, probably. Well, you know, and they're all looking at their Apple phones, right? Like like Stephanie over there. She's got her face down on her phone right now. She can walk into a glass door in a a heartbeat. (laughs) She wouldn't even look at me right now. Look at that. Well, you see that she's ignoring the Bud Man. Bunch of genius. Apple employees walking into walls. I know, walking into walls. Makes you feel a little bit better about your own day, doesn't it? Exactly. Did you ever walk into a glass uh, sliding glass door, bud? I have not done that, but I know people when glass used to really shatter who were very seriously injured, some killed even across the country. Well, Allison Janney, the uh, famous actress, both screen, TV, and movies, uh, was planning, I believe, a uh, pro career as a figure skater and walked through a glass door, a sliding glass door, and ended her career. And that's why she went into acting. I mean, if they're super clean you can't see them you cannot see them yeah, so scary. the stickers on the door a little bit of a joke but not really low-tech solution for the high-tech folks at apple it feels better though knowing that geniuses can walk into walls too <laughs> thanks deb we're going to keep welcome. you healthy we're going to bring in dr ken Kronhaus with breaking health and medical news you're going to find nowhere else on the house call here a lot of talk about what's healthier the vegetarian the mediterranean diet what about that heart healthy dash diet doc's going to weigh in on that and more coming right up on the house call stick around it's right after we update orlando's news weather and traffic in two minutes for you on news radio 1025 wfl here on good morning orlando we care about your health and well-being after all without you who would listen to the show that's why each thursday at this time we welcome our own doctor ken kronhaus my doctor from Lake Cardiology striding resolutely onto the 50,000-watt front porch to join us with breaking health and medical news we all look forward to every Thursday morning. And hi there, Doc. How are you? I'm doing well, bud. You know what? I'm really glad you're going to comment on this because I've been thinking about getting one of these pricey standing <laughs> desks to do my show prep for Good Morning Orlando. I keep on hearing how healthy that is. Now there's some interesting research on these standing desks that are all the rage. What can you tell us? Well, this is another example in the history of medicine about how intuition about the human body is not always correct. This is a report this week in the medical journal Ergonomics that standing desks may not be so beneficial after all. Earlier this year, we reported that prolonged sitting leads to a buildup of the bad kind of fat around the organs, increasing the risk of cardiovascular disease and diabetes. Well, this week we learned that prolonged standing is also bad for us. This new study found that adults who stand for two hours while working experience an increase in whole body discomfort and a reduced mental state. Interesting. How about that? I guess I can save myself a thousand bucks or whatever they get for one of those standing desks. All right, Doc. Now, listen, ladies, you want to pay special attention right now. Doc's a heart doctor. He's a cardiologist, one of the very best out there. 
There's new research in about, well, not necessarily what shape you're in in terms of cardiovascular, but what the shape of your body is can tell us something about your risk of a heart problem. Exactly. Published this week in the Journal of the American Heart Association, more important than this BMI that all the doctors are measuring for you now instead of your weight, that excess belly weight, a so-called apple shape, but raises a woman's risk for heart attack even more than overall obesity. So while obesity raises heart attack risk in both sexes, women with bigger waists and waist-to-hip ratios have greater odds for a heart attack than men who have a similar apple-shaped body. Looking at how fat tissue is distributed in the body, but especially in women, can give us more insight into the risk of a heart attack than the general measures of obesity, such as body mass index BMI that we're now using. All right, flu shots. You know, some folks are afraid to get them. We got some good news about the benefits of a flu shot for folks who are having serious heart problems. Right, Doc? This is going to be presented March 11th at the American College of Cardiology annual meeting, which is in our backyard here in Orlando, Florida this year. If you're a heart failure patient, this new research suggests you would be wise to get a flu shot every year. An annual flu vaccine reduces patients' risk of death by 50% during the flu season and by 20% during the rest of the year. It also is associated with a 22% lower risk of hospitalization for heart problems. Pretty amazing. Yeah, it really, really is. You know, varicose veins, a lot of folks have them, particularly as they get older, and they're unattractive for sure, but they could also endanger your health. Right, Doc? Exactly. And I don't want to alarm people. This is in the more severe variety because these are so common. This is published this week in the Journal of the American Medical Association that those tangled blue varicose veins that can pop up on your legs as you age, they may be more than unsightly. This new research suggests they may actually quintuple your risk of dangerous blood clots known as deep vein thrombosis. These DVTs, these clots in the legs can be life-threatening if they travel to the lungs or heart. So don't panic because so many of us have these varicose veins. If you have them, just watch your legs. Avoid prolonged sitting, especially if you're going to be traveling in the airplane or Mm -hmm. the car. Get up every hour or two to walk around and just keep an eye on your legs. Good deal. You know, there's... um a trend in this country, and it's a good one, that people want to eat healthy and keep their heart healthy. And they may be wondering whether a Mediterranean diet or a vegetarian diet might be better, one or the other. What's the latest research on that, Doc? Great news out of the Medical Journal. Circulation this week, two eating plans, but a low-calorie vegetarian diet that includes eggs and and dairy and a low-calorie Mediterranean diet protect your heart equally. The Mediterranean diet includes poultry, fish, and some red meat, as well as fruits, vegetables, beans, and whole grains. So there's more than one choice for a heart-healthy diet. And sometimes I have found out that what I eat depends, it has an influence on how I feel, you know, mentally, you know, whether I'm feeling upbeat, bright, optimistic, sometimes maybe down in the dumps, and my my diet has something to do with that. What about this supposed heart-healthy DASH diet and its influence in that regard, Doc. This is great news from the American Academy of Neurology's 70th annual meeting in Los Angeles this week because this is the other really healthy diet, the DASH diet. I like to combine this with the Mediterranean diet for myself, even though I don't have high blood pressure, but the DASH, the dietary approach to stop hypertension, 
the dash eating a dash diet lowers your risk of depression that's the the news this week and the dash diet consists of fruits vegetables whole grains low fat dairy products beans seeds and nuts and restricts foods of high in saturated fats and sugar again the news is that eating the dash diet lowers your risk of depression so this is a way to avoid depression without drugs great news combine that dash diet and the mediterranean diet or go to the vegetarian diet these are incredibly healthy ways to live. Boy, I got to tell you, on a very upbeat note, we wrap things up on another terrific house call, breaking health and medical news from my doctor, the amazing Dr. Ken Kronhaus. Doc, thank you very much. Have a great day and give my best to your patients and your staff at Lake Cardiology, all right? Be well, bud. Yeah, good deal. And and I am well. <laughs> my heart health, thanks to Dr. Kronhaus, he's really remarkable. You need to book an appointment with him and just see how amazing he is. And the level of care and the heart care technology, the BudScan 2.0 heart scan that we talk about that most insurance will cover, it's a real lifesaver. Here's how you connect with them today, and I hope you will. 352-735-1400, 352-735-1400. Doc has a nationally syndicated radio program, Good Day Health with Dr. Ken, and we proudly carry it right here on WFLA. You want to catch it? Sunday afternoons at 2, Good Day Health with Dr. Ken. Download the absolutely free, phenomenal, and totally redesigned, user-friendly iHeartRadio app today. It'll blow your mind, and it will enhance your radio listening experience to everything we're doing here on WFLA and our entire iHeartRadio family of stations nationwide. It's the free iHeartRadio app. Now, an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as we continue. That's coming your way in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. We're not going to be able to see the trial because it's in a federal courtroom and they don't allow cameras in there. It's ridiculous. You know, if you're going to have cameras in one level of courtroom, you ought to be able to have them everywhere, including the United States Supreme Court. You know, when they nod off on the bench, I want to be able to watch it. But at any rate, at any rate, I hope they ring up Salman. I think she is as guilty as sin. She faces charges of aiding and abetting a terrorist. Um, and, and that was her husband, Omar Mateen, who said... You know, that night when uh, he was, uh, you know, calling in 911 and talking to police that he was killing in the name of Allah and ISIS, okay? And, uh, and she said to the FBI she knew that he was driving to Orlando to do what he ultimately did. She also faces obstruction of justice. She could be um, imprisoned for the rest of her life. I hope that they don't plea bargain this thing down. I hope it plays out in court, and I hope they absolutely nail her. I can tell you this, Stephanie is going to be talking with us live on Monday morning. She's going to go there for what we think is the first day of testimony and try to get one of those seats that are difficult to get. We will be following this story. It's another huge trial focused here in Orlando. I mean, George Zimmerman trial, Casey Anthony trial, now the North Salmon trial. Jury selection beginning today. We're all over it. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. God bless you. And as always, God bless America. America.